You are listening to How Does She Do It, episode 33. Welcome to the ride. Thank you for joining me for another episode of How Does She Do It, a podcast dedicated to sharing practical insight and honest perspective on being grown. My name is Tiffany and I am your host. And before I get into this week's show, I just want to give you a quick um, few, a few quick announcements. The show notes for this week's episode will be available at howdoesshedoitpodcast.com slash 33. If you are on various social media sites, you can follow the show as well as me on social media. You can follow the show at how does underscore she do it. That's on Instagram and Twitter. And you can follow me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Tiff South. And that's Tiff with two F's. If you haven't already, you can leave a five-star rating and review in the iTunes store by going into the iTunes app, searching for How Does She Do It? And once you type in search and type in the name for the podcast, you will it will come up. You will, you know, kind of tap on the show and then you will see an option for you to read reviews, and then it will ask if you'd like to write a review. So it's a little convoluted. I don't understand why Apple has not changed that just yet. But if you listen to the show on Acast, Stitcher, uh, not on SoundCloud anymore, but any other place that you listen to podcasts, even on the website, you are, I would welcome and you are highly encouraged to leave a review just so that I can read those as well. If you listened to episode 31, you will, you might remember, and if you haven't, I encourage you to go back and listen to that episode on uh, how to wake up earlier in the morning if you like, but I am doing a series on productivity. So if you have any questions, comments, thoughts about productivity, suggestions that you'd like to give other people or questions that you might have, you can send an email to Tiffany at howdoesshedoitpodcast.com, and I'll be happy to try and address your question on the show. Or if you have uh, topics or questions about other things not related to productivity, please feel free to send me an email, tiffany at howdoesshedoitpodcast.com. So with that, we will get into this week's Just My Thoughts. If this is your first time listening to the show, Just My Thoughts is the segment where I share just my thoughts on a variety of things that are happening in pop culture, on social media, in music, really anything that kind of tickles my fancy, so to speak, and that other people are talking about, or I think that it's important for people to talk about if they're not talking about it. The last podcast episode was recorded right after the 45th president of the United States was elected. We are, as of this recording, a few days away from when the Electoral College will submit their votes, which I still am not quite sure exactly I understand what is happening. I think I've seen a few articles about people who are um, in these positions who have decided to change their vote. And whether that means anything for the state of the current possibility that a man as unprepared to serve in the highest office in the land takes office next month, um, I don't really know if that will change anything. But if you are have been paying attention, there's been a lot of nostalgia around the fact that 
President Obama and Michelle Obama and Sasha and Malia will no longer be our first family. I've seen several news, not articles, but magazines rather, that are covering, they're creating stories and creating these collector's items and collector's editions of their magazines related to the presidency of Barack Obama. And it is like, I'm sad. It makes me so sad that we are going from so much excellence and grace and class and poise and humor. Um, if you guys haven't seen these memes that have been going around about Joe Biden, Joe Biden and President Obama, their friendship seems to be very genuine. And just the class of Michelle Obama and her strength and just the scandal free, shade free, just all of these great things that are coming from the current first family to all of the shadiness and raggediness and just whackness that's coming with this new person who's going to be entering the White House. And I just don't quite understand how we could go from so much excellence to so much just just raggediness. That's just the best. And, and I don't care how rich he is and how rich his friends are and all this stuff, but it's raggedy. And I'm, I'm like, like he decided that he wants to put Ben Carson in charge of housing and urban development. Like what? I, I don't even understand how that makes any sense whatsoever, but I'm not a politician. I'm not a government, um, you know, a, po a po politics head. So I'm not really sure what's going to happen. All I know is it looks shady and it does not look good. Uh, there is in, in light of all of the things that are happening around, uh, these new suggestions and appointments and he's tapping this president, this person of this, you know, related to this organization, retired generals of this, you know, branch of the military and all these kinds of things. Our country, I think we're all kind of waiting for the shoe to drop, but like we're all waiting to see how this is all going to come together because it's almost like waiting for the train to crash. And maybe that's the wrong attitude to have. Maybe we should be more optimistic and hopeful that he might actually have some good ideas or he might actually do some good. I'm not going to lie. I'm not optimistic. I'm not hopeful. Uh, all I can do is wait. All I can do is just like everybody else, kind of see how, how it all comes together. So that said, let's stay prayed up because I think prayer for even him himself, prayer for our nation, prayer for the amount of hate that's been happening as a result of um, uh, as a result of that of a certain type of people being kind of emboldened by the messages that Donald espoused during his presidential run. It's not looking good out here. And people are being hurt. Churches have been burned, literally. Um, people have been targeted. And it's it's scary out here. So stay prayed up, stay safe, and um, you know, keep an eye out on what's on what's going on. I think we need to pay attention because if we turn a turn a blind eye to what's happening in our country, then we can't expect change to actually happen. We can't expect things not to go wrong if we're not being vigilant and, and paying attention to what's happening. So don't pay attention at the cost of your own mental health, at the cost of your own kind of sanity and peace, but you got to stay woke out here. You got to stay woke. 
the last thing I'll say during Just My Thoughts is earlier today, I came across a video on Facebook of seven fathers who were reciting affirmations with their daughters. And if you remember a few months ago, a video went viral of a father who was talking to his daughter. They were standing, they were standing on a counter, it looked like, and they were looking in the mirror and he was just saying these very positive things to his daughter, I think as they were getting ready to, um, to get her off to school. And the video of these seven fathers talking to their little girls who ranged in age, one looked as young as three or four, all the way up to probably 10 or 11, to see these dads and to see these little girls who some were really into it, some were really kind of a little flat, some of them were really silly, really fun. It was, it was beautiful. And of course, I may or may not have teared up a little bit while I was watching it, but when I was, when I started to, when I felt the rush of emotion, I tried to figure out where that was coming from. And I think for me, it was seeing something that you, that I know is so important. And I did not grow up with a consistent father figure in my life, in my childhood. And to be able to see these little girls who God willing will continue to have the the presence of their fathers. And I see some of my friends with their sons, with their daughters and the power that a women are very powerful. Obviously women are, we have our own strength, but the importance of having a father in a child's life and the importance of having a father in a little girl's life cannot be understated. And so it was really touching to see these dads of all races with their little girls talking. One father said um, to her, one of the affirmations was, I am black girl magic. Another one was saying that I uh, said, I love my hair. And it, and I remember as a little girl having these kinds of doubts or questions about my skin tone or about my hair, about why I didn't look like this person in my family or that person in my family. So um, if you are a parent listening to this, first of all, hats off to you because I don't have any kids and I have so much respect for parents as I'm seeing my friends navigate parenthood um, on their own for either the first, second or third time in some instances. Um, but just know that, and I'm sure you already know this, my hope is, but I just, the importance of, of parents in these children's lives is just unbelievable. And it makes me really think very more deliberately about what it will mean when I decide to, to become a parent myself, if I'm blessed to have that opportunity. So, um, just love as children, love your parents, respect your parents, and as parents um, who you might be listening, thank you for, in advance, for the work that you do, the love that you give to your children, um, because it cannot be, it cannot be overstated the value that that has as children grow up to be uh, hopefully productive members of society. And with that, that is the end of just my thoughts for this week. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, you have not yet heard the first episode in our series on productivity. So if you go back to episode 31, where I talked about the value of waking up early and give some tips on how to wake up early if you want to use your mornings to be a certain kind of productive. On this week's episode, I want to talk about a different kind of productivity, and it might be a little... Um, kind of unorthodox, but I want to talk about what I'm going to call emotional productivity. And the title of this week's episode is Overcoming Overwhelm. And I, 
before I decided to talk about this today, I had this, you know, another episode all tied up in a bow, ready to go, related to being productive at work. Because I, you know, a couple weeks, maybe maybe about a little over a month ago, I put up a question on Facebook asking people to share some challenges that they had related to being productive at work. And a couple of things came out of that. They felt um, being interrupted by coworkers and colleagues, uh, multitasking, trying to manage emails that come in and trying to send them, shifting and competing priorities. And the last one that I saw most often in the responses I got was feeling overwhelmed. And in my being my episode about work, about work productivity, which will be forthcoming, I talk about addressing each of those things. But it was funny because the piece about being overwhelmed between recording the last episode about the election of the 45th president of these United States and putting this episode together, I've been in like, I've been in just this funk just, and I can't exactly describe it. And I actually talked to a few other people who just said something about November felt some kind of way to them. And I can't, I don't know if it's just the fact that we're close to the end of the year, if it was right before the holidays. And so we were all just really dragging kind of looking forward to that break. But I know that it felt different for me and I did not feel like myself. And I think that people often think about productivity in terms of work, discrete tasks, you know, things that we need to do or complete. But when I tell you that I felt unproductive because my emotions were out of whack, my just thoughts about the goals that I have for myself outside of work were out of whack. And my perspective on the things that I wanted to do was out of whack. I think it came back to me kind of feeling overwhelmed. And I think a lot of people, hopefully a lot of people, well, I don't hope that a lot of people felt that way, but I think that this is something that uh, a lot of people can identify with because we are in this very fast paced quick moving, quick win, quick task, quick meal, like, you know, I want everything done yesterday kind of society. And when you see the highlight reels of people li- people's lives on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and all these places, it can leave you feeling some kind of way about what you have going on in your life. So today, what I want to talk about are five ways we can address and we can try to overcome these feelings of being overwhelmed. So I just want to give you kind of just a bit, um, like the when I just a little bit of context to where I was coming for before I came up with this, with these ideas, is when when I was in that kind of funk during the month of November, I felt I was tired because life, right? Just tired because of all the pace that I was going at, waking up before five o'clock pretty much every day during the week, going to bed well, well, much later than I should in order to try and to do the work that I wanted to do for my business, it started to wear on me. I was hesitant to take definitive steps related to my business because I was worried about the wrong things. What is this influencer doing? How did that person get there? Why am I not there? Um, at work, 
I was there, but I wasn't really feeling it. So I just was kind of going through the motions and I was being resistant to the idea of, of even needing to do things that I needed to do both at work and to drive my business outside of work because I just, it it was like, I literally didn't want to. So I was doing the things that I wanted to do, doing the things that I still, that I still needed to do and things that mattered, but I was going through the motions. I was doing it more out of a sense of obligation as opposed to the same fire and passion and, and care that I usually, and sense of purpose that usually drives the things that I do. So when it comes down to it, I just felt off center and I was not doing a very good job of getting myself out of that space because I did not want to, period. I was tired. I was like, I was being a brat to myself. I was like, no, I want to sit here and I want to watch Gilmore Girls. But I was like, well, um, so yeah, I'm just going to sit here and do and kind of do what I want to do. And what I noticed about when I was kind of being bratty to myself, because there, it's not like anyone tells me, it's not like anyone tells you the things that you need to do outside of if you have a, a particularly a, a passion pursuit or some, a hobby or something that you really care about outside of work. That's something that's driven is strictly intri- intrinsically by something that you care about. So if you don't do it, the consequences really only impact you in the immediate moment. You could also make the stretch and argument that by you not doing the thing that you're purposed to do, you're also impacting the people who you have yet to reach, but the direct and immediate impact is is falling on you. So when you're in this space of being overwhelmed or feeling emotionally off-center and not being productive in the way that you know that you could or should be, we put ourselves in a position to feel guilty about not doing the things that we know we should be doing. And what that guilt does, it begins this cycle of of a self-fulfilling prophecy. So you feel guilty about not doing the things that you should be doing and not doing the things you should be doing makes you feel more guilty and you feel guilty about not feeling the way that you know you should do in order to do the things you need to do. And so you just start getting into this cycle. So you feel more guilty about doing, not doing the things. So you eat more chips, you watch more TV, you do less and less, and you have the potential to, to send yourself down this rabbit hole of not, of, of being off center and just continuing to further perpetuate and support the reasons why you started feeling overwhelmed in the first place. Another challenge of being in this emotionally unproductive and overwhelmed space is the fact that life keeps happening. So all of the things that you are maybe maybe being less diligent about, maybe the things that you're not getting done, that you're not paying attention to, keep piling up. Those things don't get done. The Maybe you start to put on weight depending on how long this this uh, cycle lasts for you. Maybe you are not reading the books that you're said you're supposed to be reading. Maybe you're not writing the books and the chapters that you say you're supposed to be writing and so on and so forth. And these feelings of overwhelm can keep growing if you don't pay attention to them and stop them in their tracks. So what I want to talk about uh, is the idea that being overwhelmed doesn't always look like this frantic running around from here to here, trying to get all these different thing th- things done. Sometimes being overwhelmed can cause you to kind of stand still and not take action. So I want to share five ways that we can 
think about and how to overcome overwhelm and feelings that can leave us being unproductive in our pursuits, both at work and outside of work. The first thing that you can do to overcome overwhelm is to figure out what happened. Before you can address or fix any issue, it's very helpful to know what the cause or the source or the root of that issue is. So when you notice, and I guess this all actually starts with paying attention and being aware of shifts in your mood and shifts in the way that you're responding to people or in the way that you're caring or not caring for yourself or in the way that you're stewarding your responsibilities and your passion and your calling. And when you are aware of that, that shift, ask yourself, what happened? Did something change? Was there a specific cause? Was there something that happened on a specific day that was triggered by something that kind of started you on this path? And sometimes it's not very obvious. It's not as simple as one specific thing, but it's helpful when you can recognize the time period that you started to notice this shift happen, because then you can say, you can kind of step back and say, okay, well, I noticed that this, at this time, this caused me to feel like that. And what was it about this experience that created this, this feeling for me? What I can say for myself is when I started to feel this lull happen for myself, it was because I was literally spinning my wheels about all of the things that I need to do in order to move my my coaching company and all of the visions and dreams that I have related to that venture forward. And I was thinking about websites and I'm thinking about this and that and all these different tasks. And I literally felt paralyzed that I could not do any of it because it was all seemed like too much. And I'll talk a little bit more about how to address that specific feeling as well. But that is what was the trigger was for me. So when you feel yourself in these moments of overwhelm that might have you either running around like a chicken with your head cut off or being so stuck that you can't even take any action, think about what caused it. Think about what the source is, figure out what happened, and you can then to begin to address that specifically. The second thing that you can do to overcome overwhelm is rest. Not exactly an earth shattering concept, but sometimes we feel a certain kind of way because our bodies are actually just tired. And when you are waking up early, going to sleep late, running from activity to activity, if you're taking care of family members, if you're taking care of parents, if you're handling a significant number of responsibilities it's and not resting and not taking care of yourself, if you're not eating properly or exercising, doing some combination of both, your body can actually get run down. So you might be feeling overwhelmed simply because you have not slowed down and you might just need to take a week, take a weekend, take a breath to step back. I made the mistake of taking too much rest and that kind of added to my feelings of of being unproductive. So I had to push myself out of that as well. So be mindful of the amount of rest that you're taking and the reason for that rest. But if you need to slow down, if you need to take a break, if you need to walk away, if you need to tell people, you know what, I'm unavailable after a certain time or before a certain time because I have to take care of me, you have to do that for yourself. Because if you are not okay, if you're not healthy, if you are not being taken care of, then you can't be your best self for other people. So take care of yourself, prioritize your own health and your own self-care before you can begin to take care of other people. So rest up if you need to. 
The second thing you can do to overcome overwhelm is to take the focus off of you. And I know that might sound counterintuitive to what I just said before, but ride with me for a little bit. When you are feeling overwhelmed, you are probably spending your time and your energy thinking about all of the things you have to do. You're probably thinking about all the feelings that you have about all the things that you have to do. I have to go from here to there and do this. This person needs this from me and I'm tired of having to do X, Y, Z and I don't want to answer no blah, 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 all those kinds of things. And when you are spending so much time focusing on you and all the things you have to give out, what you're doing is number one, doing the easy thing. It's easy to focus on the problems, easy to focus on the things that are making you unhappy, but it also takes your energy and your focus away from the things that you get to do, right? The things that you are blessed to have the opportunity to do to serve others. And when you are, when you spend your time worrying about all of the negative and sitting in all of those negative feelings, you're focusing on yourself only and therefore only the challenges that you have, as opposed to the blessings that come from interacting with other people or the blessings and opportunities that come from you being able to serve other people. And it's a little bit nuanced, but if when you take the focus off of yourself, for example, when I think about me and recording this podcast, sometimes I don't want to do it. Sometimes I'm tired. But when I remember that this is not about me, this is not about me being tired. It's not about me having to outline the podcast. It's not about me having to edit the show notes. It's not about me having to edit the audio or schedule the posts or any of those kinds of things. It is about you, the people who listen to this podcast and the people who give me reviews and and look forward to hearing the things that I have to share, which always still boggles me and, and kind of and humbles me in such a way that I don't even know if you guys can really understand. But it becomes easier for me to say, you know what, I got to get this thing done because it's not about me anymore. It's not about my tiredness or about the, the things that I have to do, but it's about the fact that I get to do something that allows other people to grow in some way based on what they take away from the little words that I share. So take the focus off of yourself. Think about what, how other people are served by the things that you get to do. Of course, like I said before, take the rest that you need to because you do have to focus on making sure that your self-care is up up to par. But instead of focusing on the weight and the burden, so to speak, of the things that you have to do, think about the way that you get to do those things in order to serve others. Take the focus off of you and remember the help and service that you're providing to other people by the things that you do in your life every day. The fourth thing that you can do to overcome overwhelm is to get organized. And I'm going to talk much more specifically about this in the next episode of the series on productivity. But part of the thing that keeps us feeling overwhelmed by the things that we have to do is not having things in order in a way that allows us to be able to know what we need to do first, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, et cetera, et cetera. Sometimes we have a to-do list that includes 
every single thing that we need to do in vague detail, in high level detail, doesn't give us the specific steps that we need to do to get those things done. So you look at this list of things you need to do and you're not, you're still not exactly clear of all the steps that you need to do. Or this to-do list is just so daggone long that you don't know where to start. And so take time. And this is also something that I know I have resisted doing and have gotten much better at. But sometimes the idea of taking time to get organized so you can maximize your time later feels a little counterintuitive. But if you spend an hour or so actually thinking through all of the things that you need to do, and I'm going to recommend a book that I'll talk a little bit more about later in a later episode called Getting Things Done by David Allen, the idea of spending time on the front end, organizing your day, organizing your week, organizing the things that you need to do related to your home, related to your project, related to your finances, related to your fitness. When you break those things down in categories and give your it gives yourself more direction and more clarity about everything that you need to do as opposed to thinking about it all in your head or trying to work from this convoluted document that's not very clear. So when you get organized, you're not so much worried about all of the things that you have to do, but you have a more clear picture about the things that you need to do in in kind of bite-sized, smaller pieces, and that can help you feel less overwhelmed and help you feel like you have more guidance and direction in, in the way that you need to to get things done. And last but not least, the fifth way that you can overcome overwhelm is to remember and engage with God's promises. And during the time that I was feeling this, this kind of blanket of, of overwhelm over the last several weeks, I was still reading my devotion. I was still praying, but I felt like I was just half stepping. I wasn't really coming at it in the way that I usually usually do. Just like I was doing with just about everything. I was going out to the gym, I was going to the gym, but was still was just kind of, you know, dragging myself through my workouts. So in the time that I was spending in the word, I wasn't really engaging with it in in a, in the same way. So earlier this week I decided that I needed to fast. And this is only the second time that I've fasted. Uh, by myself, not connected to anything, um, any holiday or any other, you know, larger activity. But it was extremely powerful and extremely meaningful. So I spent the day, did not eat between sunrise and sunset. And I prayed and I was reading the word. I was listening to, to, to worship music. And when I got home, I closed out the fast in prayer and I prayed in a way and in a tone that I've not really, can't really remember the last time I prayed that way. Um, I didn't end up not crying or anything like that, but I was serious. Like I was really, really talking to God and really sharing my frustrations with him in a way that I had not articulated out loud before. And I'm reading a book now called Fervent by Priscilla Shire. And the book is about, it's basically a woman's guide to strategic prayer. And I'm going to do an episode on this book specifically. But what it has taught me is that 
prayer is the way that we engage with the promises that God has for us. And when you think about, uh, for example, a verse that comes from Luke 145, it reads, blessed is she who believed for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. And in this, this chapter is talking about the promises that uh, the angel Gabriel came down and gave to Mary and Elizabeth about Elizabeth uh, bringing John into the world and Mary bringing Jesus into the world. But when you think about that verse, blessed is she who believed for there will be a fulfillment of the things which were told her from the Lord. The Bible is filled with promises. It is filled with God's declaration of victory for our lives and his promises that when we trust him and lean on him, that he will not leave us, that our strength we, our strength is, his strength is made stronger and better in our weakness, that we have the opportunity to go to him and lay our burdens down at his feet. And as type A as I am, as much as I like to have my life in control and know where things are going, there are times that I am learning more and more to not stop, not, not to diminish the action that I need to take to bring things about in my life, but recognizing that it is not my action alone that allows anything to come forth in my life. And so as I was halfway fighting my way through this overwhelmed state that I was in, I was not actually going to God to take this feeling away from me. I was not really asking him because I was trying to get myself out of this funk and I failed to do so for three weeks. I failed to do it on my own. And when I finally decided that, you know what, obviously I need additional help. Obviously me writing my little shady to-do list is not going to get this done. Obviously me going through the motions and not really engaging with the things that I'm supposed to be doing is really not getting it done. But when I think about the fact that God tells me to count it all joy when I fall into various trials or to not be anxious about anything, but in all things to make my requests known to him or that he tells me the plans that he has for me to prosper and to and to live a life that is not easy, but a life that can be filled with joy and peace, regardless of my circumstance. That is what overcoming overwhelm has taught me. And so as I worked through, in addition to incorporating the other four things that I talked about, figuring out what happened, resting, taking focus, the focus off of myself and thinking about the service that I'm trying to give to the world and the, the purpose that I'm trying to fulfill, getting organized. None of those things mattered for me until I came back to my center who was recognizing that I needed to call on my good Lord to help me get myself together. And when I tell you, and I'm not telling you to necessarily that fasting is necessarily the thing that you need to do or you know saying necessarily I think that the pow the power of prayer is is something that I'm learning to even explore even more and I do believe when I tell you I felt something shift in me the day that I made this decision to come before him and to actually ask him to entrust him with the things that he's told me he's capable of doing for me, I felt a, a weight lift off of me. And I'm not making this up. And so I encourage you, 
whoever you call on, if it means that you meditate, if it means that you take time to get in touch with whatever spiritual connection you identify with, for me, I call him Jesus Christ. And that is who I had to tap into to get myself, to bring myself finally to a place where I felt like you know what? I'm back to who I am. I am back walking the way that I've been walking and I'm back doing the things that I'm supposed to be doing with myself outside of my time at my nine to five employer. And I feel like this was the perfect time. We're in December. The year is we are a few days away from the end of 2016 and the beginning of 2017. Not new year, new you, because I don't believe in that little shady phrase. And I'll talk more about that on another episode before the year ends out. But it'll be a new year, new opportunities, new year, new perspective, new year, continued approach towards the goals that you've set for yourself. So I'll just summarize the the five ways that you can work to overcome overwhelm. First, figure out what happened. Second, rest and take care of yourself. Third, take the focus off of you. Fourth, get organized. And fifth, remember and engage with God's promises through prayer, through scripture, through reading the word and engaging with the word. Because we don't have to do this all by ourselves between accessing the promises that God has for us, between leaning on your friends to help you be held accountable for the things that you say you're going to do, to making sure that someone can fill in for you if you need to take a break, to asking someone to cook a meal for you, to help asking someone to, you know, hey, can you help me with this, uh, you know, get organized? Can you help me figure out the things that I need to do? Can you help me get my fitness in order? Reach out to your network, reach out to people who can help you and know that when you are feeling overwhelmed, when you're feeling burdened by just life because life happens, know that there is for sure a light at the end of the tunnel and there's a way to to take steps to come out from that place. That wraps it up for this 33rd episode of How Does She Do It? 33 was actually the number that I wore when I played ball in high school. Um, I picked it because Grant Hill wore 33. A lot of amazing basketball players have worn 33, but um, I really liked him when I was little. Anyway, this week's review comes from Such a Shoe Off, and it reads... I absolutely enjoy listening to Tiffany speak. She is extremely articulate, and I like to listen to her while I'm at work. Her insight and perspective literally help me get through the days. A lot of her topics are topics and issues that as adults, especially as young professionals, we should be educated on, and I thank her for choosing to educate me on various issues and topics that I will admit I am not always up on. Everything from her just my thoughts to her topics of the day are brilliantly written and well thought out. Thank you very much for your brilliance, and I cannot wait to grow with you. My favorite part of the show is how you always end with be blessed and be a blessing. So I will wish you to continue to be blessed and remain a blessing. Thank you very, very much for your re your review and five-star rating in the store. If you have not already done so, please feel free to go to the podcast app on your iPhone, or if you listen on your computer, you can just search for How Does She Do It, tap the show when it comes up, and click um, or tap to write a review, and I would greatly appreciate it. It is December 2017 is 
on the way. 2016 is coming to a close, but the show will keep going on. If you have topics, suggestions, questions that you want to discuss or you want to hear me discuss on the show, please email Tiffany at HowDoesSheDoItPodcast.com. I look forward to hearing from you then. Please visit the website to sign up for the email list. I will be sending out some things to the email list very, very soon, and I look forward to having you there and interacting with you in that way. Until next time, be blessed and be a blessing. Peace.